Here we go. You're listening to Rumination Thursday Law and Gospel on this December the 23rd in the year of our Lord, 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is our good friend, Pastor Wes Reimnitz. And so shall we say Merry Christmas to you? Uh, thank you, and Merry Christmas to you and all our listeners. Yes. Yeah, we're looking forward to uh, having a little vacation here. This is our last broadcast for 2021, and then we will be back in 2022, God willing, on Friday, January the 7th. That'll be the first time that we'll be back on the air. KFUO is having a little break. And I have to say, we sure welcome the gifts that are being sent for Law and Gospel to, to send us a gift so we can continue to stay on the air. All you do is mail Law and Gospel check to Law and Gospel Post Office Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. And that's the only way that we would receive credit for law and gospel. Don't make out the check to me. Don't make it out to Concordia Mission Society. Don't make it out to uh, KFUO. If you want to support KFUO's other programs, you send them a check. But if you want to support law and gospel, you send it directly to us. So what are we going to be talking about on this last broadcast for 2021? Well, I thought we'd take a look at what Americans say about Christmas. The article is uh, Christmas celebrates a historical event, Americans say. I thought it was somewhat positive and it'd be a positive note to go out on. Well, as I examined what you sent me, I came to the conclusion that there were a number of things that they say that I would disagree with. Mm, for instance. Well, for example, the Son of God existed before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. They say only 41% of Americans believe that. But 80% believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God the Father. Now, what I'm thinking here is they could interpret that question that Jesus was not really the Son until he was incarnated by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary. And so I, okay, yeah. I don't know if the question is that clear, especially since 80% believe he's the son of God, the father, then it was a little, they, they also believe he was born in Bethlehem more than 2000 years ago. 72% of Americans believe that. This is not a percent of Christians who believe it, but Americans. And so that, yeah, shows me, that, that shows me that we have fertile ground 
on which to work. If you've got 80% of Americans who believe Jesus is the Son of God the Father, that, that's surprising to me when only 60% are, are, are Christians. Well, the article itself starts out as, as talking about it as a historical event or a historical fact that he did. And in, in, in some of that of what you're saying, I agree. It's like saying, I, I believe it's a historical fact that Abraham Lincoln lived and died and was served as the president of the United States in that instance. What I had circled in a box is historical fact. And are we talking about the difference between a, a historical faith versus a saving faith? Yes, I would definitely agree that that's not saving faith to believe in the history of of Jesus. This is why I'm really opposed to those who try and use evidence that Jesus was born, that Jesus died on the cross, etc. Because all the evidence, the only evidence you have is from holy scripture, and if you're an unbeliever, you can still believe that he was born in Bethlehem and deny that he's the Savior. For example, all the Pharisees who were unbelievers knew he was born in Bethlehem, but they also knew that he was born out of wedlock from their point of view. So they didn't mm-hmm. believe in him. And, of course, you got uh, the, in Matthew the account of the wise men and how Herod uh, tried to find out where Jesus was born in order that he could go out and and kill the babies in Bethlehem. Yes, yes. So the other thing that surprised me, 72% of Americans, according to this survey, and this was done in 2020, believe there is one true God in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So that was really surprising to read that, that 72% therefore really believe in what we call the Trinity. How do you explain that when you don't have that many percentage who say they're Christian? Well, it makes me, it causes me some wonderment as as to, Again, what you were talking about, uh, how, how the questions are being asked and how they're being considered, and probably a little bit more filtering process needs to be done that they came across the, the, the Trinity. Yes. In fact, you can tell by the way they set up their Christ, uh, the questions that they really don't understand the Bible the way it's to be understood. And let me give you some examples. They talk about why did Jesus come to earth? And they have four correct reasons and the percentage. And then they have also four incorrect reasons. But for example, 51% correctly say he came to give his life for many. And that's really the theme also of Christmas. He was born to die. 
31% to give life to us in abundance. Another 31% to testify to the truth. And 9% he came to bring division rather than peace on earth. Now, they, they say that that is a correct response. How do we look at that? Did Jesus come to bring division, or did he come to bring uh, peace on earth? Well, uh, I, I would rather that, that Scripture speak to that. And that's, you know, in, in Luke chapter 2, at the story of his birth, the angels proclaim glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among whom, those with whom he is well pleased that Jesus brought, brought peace between God and man. Yes. And here's what they say are the wrong reasons. Uh, he came to be served. Nine percent only believe that. But we Lutherans believe that we are to serve Jesus. It's called worship. Mm. See, they say that's a wrong answer. And I think if I was asked that, is Jesus to be served? Well, he's definitely a servant to us. But you have to remember he's also God who served us, which means we now regard him as the Savior, and therefore we serve him. Remember, that's well, what that the really, second commandment says. Yeah, second. it really, really becomes a, a mess between him as God and over his uh uh, son of man, son of God, which are we serving, his humili humiliation or his exaltation? Right. And I, I think even in his state of humiliation, the people were expected to serve Jesus, which mm. they did. Remember, they worshiped him. They would give him food in their homes. They would travel with him. Palm Sunday was a way of serving him and proclaiming him to be the king of the Jews. So I don't think that's a wrong answer if you think of it in certain ways. The, the next one they say is a wrong answer is even worse. They say it's wrong to say that Jesus came to abolish the Old Testament law and prophets and only 8% agreed with that. But did not Jesus come to abolish the law? Uh, he came to fulfill the law. Right. Did he not? But did he not abolish the Old Testament law? And well, the old, the, yeah, the old Testament uh, laws that they, they had, the ceremonial laws. Yes. Uh, those were totally abolished. Right. We, we talked about that on one of my uh, programs I did recently. I was talking about that the old covenant that's found in Exodus 24, for that to be successful, 
the people not only had to outwardly obey the law, but also inwardly obey the law with faith and proper motivation. And they ended up outwardly obeying the law for selfish reasons. And they were ready to kill Jeremiah, who said that the temple was going to be destroyed. And they said, no way, the temple will last forever. And it was destroyed not only by the Babylonians, but later on by the Romans in A.D. 70. And it still hasn't been rebuilt. Yeah, the the one I found rather interesting, as, as, as you did these others, was 8% uh, believed that he came to, to condemn sinners. Yes. Now... They say that's the wrong answer. I don't. I don't. Yeah, it contradicts, for instance, John three seventeen. God did not send his, world, his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So it's not a condemnation, but it, it was for the salvation of mankind. But when you hear the parables, like the parable of the lost sheep, what is said about the goats? What's their destiny? Uh, I didn't hear that last part. What's their destiny? Well, the lost sheep, he he goes out and finds the lost sheep and he brings them back. But but, uh, it's... It is a parable about how Jesus looks at at, uh, lost mankind. No, I'm talking about the other parable, the sheep and the goats. Oh, how he separates them at the last? Yes. What happens to the goats? He says, go away with you. I was hungry and you did not feed me. I was thirsty and you did not give me drink. I was in prison and you did not visit me. Does he not therefore yeah. condemn them? Yes. So the that is of, also... Into the lake of everlasting fire created for the devil and his evil angels. See, that's a condemnation of sinners. So if I was asked that question, is a purpose of Jesus coming to earth to condemn sinners. That's also, that's actually asking, did Jesus come to preach the law? And in the law, there is a condemnation of those who don't obey God the way God intends them to obey him with proper motivation. So there is a condemnation of sinners. Uh, you know... <laughs> See, and I looked at it as a positive from from uh, John three seventeen that he didn't come to condemn them but to save them. It's kind of one of those uh, back and forth little idiosyncrasies we call them of the Bible. But if it says he didn't come to condemn but to save, it doesn't say that everybody is saved. No, that is correct. So. The purpose for which he came was thwarted by unbelievers, like Mm -hmm. some of the Pharisees and others. 
who didn't believe in him, as we have today. He would want to save everyone right now, today, but people reject and don't have faith to believe his promises. And that's John 3.18, then whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And so, and that's an excellent verse to show that Jesus did condemn sinners because of their unbelief. And then verse 19, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and the people of the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. So that fits very much what you're talking about, the sheep and the goats and the condemnation that is brought at the end. Yes. And even the positive ones, like Jesus came to give life in abundance, there's no doubt that Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And there was an abundance, like feeding the 5,000. But that didn't happen to everybody. And that's not a reason why he came to earth to give us abundance here on earth. Remember, he says, my kingdom is not of this world. Right. Yeah, that... that uh always became a favorite of mine to, to preach on because we we are, if we really, even the poorest of the poor here in the United States is, is well fed and taken care of. There's such an abundance of material things around here that uh, you go to Goodwill or Salvation Army and they're just stuffed in, in the stores with clothing and all kinds of things. But the abundance that he's talking about is the abundance of of, of saving faith and life and salvation in him. Yes. Uh, that is John 10, verse 10. I have, where, where it says, I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. Notice that it isn't an abundance of possessions or material goods, but life in abundance. And so when people read this, they're going to think, well, how abundant is my life? I, right. I don't have everything I want. And so it's, like, it's really a yeah. poorly phrased question. It's kind of like you're, you're traveling at night across the countryside and you see lights speckles of lights and you know there's farmhouses there or you're coming to a town and you know there's there's all kinds of lights and life there and you want you know there's life but do they have life the real life that counts the life that's that's in jesus well said well said and this one that jesus came to bring division rather than peace on earth they say that's a correct answer to say yes to that Whereas, listen carefully to the question that he came to bring division rather than peace on earth. Mm. That's not what the angel said to the shepherds, was it? No, it was peace on earth, uh, amen to God. Goodwill to men, yes. Goodwill so, to men, with, with well, whom God find, is pleased. 
This is Lifeway Research. I don't know what denomination they are, but it's clearly they don't have Christian views just by looking at their questions because many of their questions that they say are correct could be incorrect depending on how somebody reads the questions and incorrect questions could be correct. Like he did abolish Mm -hmm. the Old Testament law and prophets. If you understand the covenant of the law that people were saved only by doing works perfectly. In, in other words, they're missing about half the questions they should have been asking that would have clarified some of the, the points of view. Yeah, the questions are okay. It's a category they put them in when they're answered. They consider them to be true answers that sometimes we would say, no, that's not true. And sometimes they say these are untrue answers that we would say, if you look at, that that is true. Jesus did have a condemnation of sinners who were unrepentant. And that's Mm -hmm. not something that we would want to reject. But the biggest condemnation was for himself as he became a sinner, as has been said before, that occurred at his baptism when he took upon himself the baptism of repentance by John the baptizer. He did not have to do that because he was sinless, but he was considered to be a sinner by God in the same way that God now considers us to be righteous. It's a judgment made by God. And that's the important item, I believe, about Christmas. Right. Well, and we didn't talk about the the most famous of the John 3 passages. We looked at 17, 18, 19, but John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That, That trusting in the promises of Jesus' blood, covers our sins. Yes, but there again, one can give the wrong answer because many believe that that's two parts of salvation. The one part is God gives his only begotten son. The second part is I choose to believe and therefore they invite Christ into their heart or something like that and think that when they do that, then Jesus enters into their heart and they're saved. But it is impossible for an unbeliever to want to invite someone they don't believe in into their heart. So if they ever get to that point where they want Jesus in their heart, guess what? He's already there. He's there. Yeah. But as I read, it doesn't say, I chose to believe. It says, whoever believes. And and I would agree with you that it takes the Holy Spirit entering into the heart, for Paul talks about it in Romans, and faith comes from hearing, and hearing the word of Christ. Yes, uh, particularly uh, do we need to really emphasize the answer to the question, when you get to heaven, who gets the credit for all of your salvation? 
And what's the answer? <laughs> Jesus. You know, this, I chuckle when, because I've used that, that question many times, especially those that per- believe in purgatory, that they got to go to some place called purgatory to atone for some sins yet before they're allowed into heaven. And I ask them the question, and they give the correct response. I give all the credit to Jesus. That's who I believe in. And then I tell them, I said, you're given a pass from purgatory. You can go straight. Right. So as I indicated, uh, KFU will be off the air. This is the last live broadcast of Law and Gospel for 2021. We will be back in 2022 on Friday, January the 7th. And so we encourage you to support our program by sending a check to Law and Gospel, and the address is Law and Gospel, Post Office Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. And we would encourage you to do that so that we can continue to take care of our expenses. Our expenses have really uh, come down with the gifts. We're only about 4,000 short for the end of the year. So we would really appreciate any funds that you'd be able to send to us. What are you doing Christmas Day? Going to church. We, we celebrate uh, the week after with family. So, yes. uh, but I've always made it a tradi- tradition that that I have Christmas wherever I was at. We'd have Christmas Day services, or we be joined in with other Christians on on that. So, Christmas Eve we'll go to church. Christmas Day uh, we'll celebrate the birth of, of Christ. And what about you? The week at uh, the day after is Sunday which you'll go to church again. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, it's a great. I'm Tom Baker, Wes Reimnitz. A Merry Christmas to all of you. And we'll look forward to talking with you on January the 7th. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.